So Hebrews is a tightly argued book, and chapter 4 is picking up from the beginning of chapter 3. Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession. We have a heavenly calling, which is going to be defined more for us here as entering into God's rest. Using Israel's time in the wilderness again to instruct us, Hebrews is teaching us that we shouldn't only fear judgment from God, but to fear missing out on this rest, our heavenly calling to be home with God. We're told in verse 1 of chapter 4, Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear, lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. The fear is not of God himself as a judge coming to destroy the wicked and rebellious, but it's a fear of missing out. God's thrown the doors wide open, and he's eagerly inviting us in. And so the onus is on us to enter in. And this is a fear that can be avoided if we're simply willing to put in the effort. The comparison between us and Israel in the wilderness is picked up again to describe how we fall short of entering into glory. In verse 2, both of us have received the good news. God has given us liberation and a promise of something greater down the road. So the problem isn't with the word of God, it's with the response of those who hear it. The ones in the wilderness fell, we're told in verse 2, because they were not united by faith with those who listened. So there's a distinction between those who listen and those who have no faith. Well, those who had no faith all heard the word of God. They saw his mighty works in the Exodus. Doesn't believing in God count as faith? Well, the idea of listening is deeper than merely physically taking in the sounds of God's word and understanding them. It's to listen in order to obey. Nobody can claim that they're entering into God's rest because they've heard the word of God and believe it to be true. They need to obey it. Just as Israel heard the word of God time and time again in the wilderness, but refused to obey him in every instance, hearing needs to be accompanied by action, demonstrated loyalty to God. But we who have believed can enter into that rest. The key is to be faithful as Jesus was, actually following God down every path, even leading to the cross. He swore to those who were disobedient that they wouldn't enter into his rest, but speaks to us today that we can still enter in. The rest that was given by Joshua by settling into the promised land, that was only a taste of a greater rest to come. Now we're led into it through the death of Jesus. So we should be eager to join God in his Sabbath rest, where we can rest from our own works. That means not looking back to the old ways of life as Israel was always looking back to Egypt. Their disobedience prevented them from entering the promised land, and ours can as well. We should be diligent to examine ourselves considering what we read of in verses 12 through 13. We're told that the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him whom we must give account. God's going to meet us either with a word of comfort or of judgment. And it's all going to depend on what he sees in us, whether it be our actions, our obedience, or our shortcomings and rebellion. He's going to have a proper response in store. So let's do our work in serving him now, so that he might say to us one day, Well done, you good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master.